listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Okay, so today's scripture reading is Matthew 2, 1 through 12, and if you want to follow along, it's either up, is it up on front? I don't know. Okay, it's in the Pew Bibles on pages 783 to 784. And it's titled, A Visit of the Wise Men. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. In calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me the word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our Redeemer. Amen. Well, just so you know, this is so far out of my comfort zone that uh, I think the last time I did this was before I was married. And I've been married 34 and a half years, so that tells you how long ago this was. Um, Who were the wise men? Were they kings, astrologers, magicians? Now, I don't have it in me to give you a big whole history lesson and everything um, because I tried to do some research and, you know, there's just so much out there that it got a little confusing after a while. But we call them magi. And yeah, I always said magi, but I went online and looked up pronunciations and they're saying magi. So, okay. And a magus which is one magi, is, by definition, a member of a hereditary priestly class among the ancient Medes and Persians. So that gives us kind of an idea. Persia was modern-day Iran. The Medes were all over the place because they came before the Persians. Were there, in fact, only three? Three 
is our tradition. Three, I think, and what I've seen in research, is the number that was chosen because three gifts were given. And we have a tendency, one gift, one giver. But we don't know. We don't know their names. We don't really even know where they're from. Sorry, bad English. Um, Matthew's gospel is vague. Picture that, capital letters in bold. He tells us the wise men came from the east. Doesn't say how many, how they got there, or from where they actually came. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. Now, I don't know about you, but I get really annoyed with vagueness in the Bible. I need to know exactly. I need to have it fully explained. Like, how could they see the star in the east and then travel from the east to find Jesus? Does it really work? However, I found out that the Greeks, and remember the Greek empire came before the Romans and still people spoke Greek. The Greeks had a country to their east that they actually called East. That was the name they gave it, East. Anatolia, or what's now we know as Turkey. So it is conceivable that these wise men came from east and then saw the star in the east, because Bethlehem is to the east of this country named East. Do I know this for a fact? No, but it helps explain some of that vagueness. These men were intellectuals and scholars of their age. They knew the heavens, the constellations, the movements of the planets. They studied the stars in part to predict what was happening, but also to better understand the world in which they lived. They were scholars who read the literature and sacred texts of different religions. Remember, as Pastor Dan led us through Genesis, when the, the Hebrews, they were carried off all the scholars and the intellectuals were carried off to Babylon. So Daniel became, likely became one of the king's magi. So exposure to and knowledge of Hebrew texts is very likely. It was no surprise to them that this strange star rose in the heavens. These wise men are honest scholars looking for answers to what was happening in the world. Now it must have been an unusual sight. Most of us, in our minds, imagine these wise men as having arrived on camels. There's an old carol, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. Camels are called the ships of the desert. Now, I have it from good authority that camels are not the prettiest of animals, they are not the friendliest of animals, and they are not the most aromatic of animals. Traveling in a caravan, which is what the wise men most likely did, was done for safety, and to travel by any manner other than walking meant that you had some serious money, because donkeys, camels, and horses 
were not cheap. It's also no surprise that they ended up in Jerusalem. If the star was supposedly over where Jesus was in Bethlehem, why did they go to Jerusalem? Think of this. They're looking for the king of the Jews. Where was the seat of power in Judea? Jerusalem. Where was the palace? Jerusalem. Made sense to them. We're looking for a king. Let's go to the castle. Well, talk about shaking up the status quo, opening a can of worms. Herod is a king, but only through the sufferance of the Roman Empire. He's not at all pleased to learn about a new king being born. All he sees is a threat to his power. His advisors, or his magi, are not much help either. Probably too concerned with their own jobs to risk upsetting Herod with this news of, with news of this kind. You know, this is back in the day where you shot the messenger. Or maybe they just weren't very good at their jobs. But they do finally bring the word right there in the palace when they read from Micah 5.2, telling them that Bethlehem will be the place from where the shepherd of God's people will come. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. The story continues when it becomes clear to everyone that something new and earth-shattering is happening. Herod has his own secret plans he sets up with the wise men. Go find the child and then send me word so I can go worship him too. And they innocently do his bidding. They are prepared to do what is asked. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now, Luann started this with the children's sermon, but we always have Jesus in the stable with the shepherds and the wise men, etc., but by the time the wise men got there, the shepherds had gone about their business. Mary and Joseph had moved out of the stable because if, think about it, if the star showed up on the night of Jesus' birth and the wise men traveled from way off afar, there's no way, short of saying, beam me up, Scotty, that they could have gotten there that same night. Traveling in ancient times, in Jesus' time, was a slow process. No GPS, though they did use the stars. No internet to see where, you know, the bad guys might be holed up or where there might be an ambush happening. It took a long time. How excited they must have been to come to the end of their journey, discovering they had not been on a wild goose chase after all but that something wonderful had happened. They were the first foreigners to worship him. He had come not just for the Jews, but for all of us. They offered their best and symbolic gifts, gold fit for a king, 
Frankincense, incense, signify prayers lifted up to God, and myrrh, a spice to anoint the body in death. There is no doubt that these wise men knew to whom they were kneeling. Why are we not filled with joy like the shepherds and the wise men? Why do we so often have business as usual and then, eh, after church, end up talking about the weather or wondering if our team is in contention? Every occasion doesn't need to be a mountaintop experience or overwhelming, but if true worship is receiving the word, bowing down, offering our best, it is also transformation. Is there joy? Is God glorified? And have we come to know this Jesus in our lives? One wonders what changes in their lives occurred because of their quest for the newborn king. We know they didn't go back to Herod. Of course, with their jobs, they listened to their dreams. If they had a dream, it meant something. They were warned in a dream not to go back. And that really ticked Herod off and led him to ordering the death of all male children to and under. But how did the joy and wonder transform them? We'll probably never know. What we can know, however, is how it can transform us. We have to remember, too, that just because the holiday is done, the work of Christmas is just begun. Howard Thurman, who was a prophetic preacher during the Civil Rights era, wrote a poem called The Work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, The work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to release the, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, and to make music in the heart. Let this day and this time together, this Lord's Supper for us, be the time when we resolve to travel our road in this world differently and in a better way. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.